Amen. Thank you, Brother Cabea. Amen. The Lord's good. I won't keep you standing. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I'll try to cut this as short as possible. Amen. I got a lot of papers, a lot to say, but I'm going to try to keep it short. Amen. In the book of Exodus, chapter 3, verse 1, beginning there through verse 4. <clears throat> Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today. I don't know about you, but they're singing that song about that change. I'm thankful for a change. <laughs> Amen. I was just this week, uh, somebody sent my wife a picture wanting to know if she knew who that was in that picture. It was two rows of young men, teenage men there, boys. <laughs> Wasn't probably men yet, but probably thought we were. Amen. <laughs> and there was a bunch of long-haired, <laughs> wild boys. Amen. They didn't have the Holy Ghost, didn't have God. Some of them may have thought they had some of God, but Anyhow, there I stood, amen, in the middle of them <clears throat> on a ball team, amen. But even at that time, at that age, Brother Terry Edwards, I knew that if I was going to make a change, I had to quit that kind of living, amen. But out of all them boys and them pitchers, amen, I was the only one that I know of that found God in truth. Oh, people claim truth and religion, but that really found God. Amen. I'm thankful for the change that God, because he really made a change in me. <laughs> you know, I didn't just accept Christ. Amen. Come a good little boy, because I was a bad boy, and God turned me around. When he changed me, he changed me. Amen. The law didn't have to worry about me no more. <laughs> Amen. Because I was going to do what was right. I thank God for that change. Exodus 3 and 1. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he laid, led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed." And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight while the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Thank you for standing for the word of the Lord. <coughs> Amen. The Bible said here that God's people, if you read before this, God's people had went into bondage. Amen. Uh, they had first went to Egypt, God's provision, but when the king there had died, the next king they didn't know, amen, the Israelites anymore like the first one did, and they turned them into slaves, amen. They began to make bricks and become taskmasters to them. Amen. But the Bible said that the Lord heard 
the cry of his people. Amen. And I'm telling you this morning, when God's people begin to cry, it don't matter what kind of shape they're in. Amen. If they're fallen into sin, amen, if they've done something they shouldn't have done and maybe they've drawn away from the Lord and, and uh, they've went into a bad place in their life, the Bible said, amen, when they cried out, amen, for mercy, that God's ear automatically came open to them. <laughs> I don't know about you, but that, that's, that's a good thing to me. Amen, when sometime I stray a little bit, amen, and I think I'm okay. <laughs> you know, it's easy to get crossed up. And thank you, okay. Amen, I've been there where I thought, man, I was all right. Amen, only to realize, amen, God's Spirit began to draw my heart and realize how far I had actually strayed away. Amen, it always comes back. I'm reminded, and you're about every day, of something that my son-in-law's father told me. And I've told him, I guess, before, but I'm going to tell it again. Amen. Me and him was talking one night, and he looked at me, and we was talking about living right and staying with the, what was right and not compromising to the world and picking up the ways of the world like a lot of people was doing. And Brother Arnold, he looked at me, and he said, The Bible said, Seek and ask for the old path. Wherein is the good way, and you'll find rest for your soul. And he told me, he said, Brother Hall, he said, I wonder just how far we are from the old path. Amen. It is easy, amen, to stray away from the old path. Amen. To get caught up in this world, amen, the hustle, bustle, the things of this life, and get consumed, amen, with houses and land and cars and boats and all the pleasurable things in this life. You know, we say, well, there's nothing wrong with having pleasure, and there's not. I believe, Brother Covet, God wants his people to enjoy life. Amen. I believe God likes for his people to be able to eat. I love to see people eat. Amen. You come to my house and eat. Amen. Don't worry about just eat. Amen. Eat to your full. Amen. But if we're not careful, it's so easy to go beyond the blessings of God. Man, there's been a lot of stuff on my mind lately <clears throat> that we've got caught up in as people of God in this world. Amen. Forgive me. <laughs> I cross your theology. Amen. And see, I just went to eat with some the other night. So it's really bad <laughs> to say this. And, and, and I didn't watch them eat. I don't know what they eat. Amen. But it is easy. You know, it's still sin to be gluttonous. And I'm just throwing this out there. To be gluttonous. I'm not preaching against you eating. It's between you and God how much you can eat. Amen. <clears throat> God wants us to eat. He wants us to have food and enjoyment in our life. But at the same time, amen, we, when we get indulged, the Bible even teaches, Brother Arnold can tell you, amen, hit taught against banqueting. Now that's not talking about having a church banquet and we get together and we have fellowship and we eat. Amen. But it's talking about when they got together and they cooked big quantities of meat. Does that sound familiar? Now, when we have a cookout, we don't want to just have a cookout. We want to roast two hogs, three deers, a cow. And people will eat, and they'll eat, and they'll eat, and they'll eat, and they'll eat. Till they go, 
<sighs> hey, I'm fat too. <laughs> but I'm just making a point. It's easy. It's so easy to get caught up in this life. Something so simple as eating, Brother Ralph Ward. Amen. The Bible taught it. He's taught all through his word not to indulge to the, a certain point. Amen. But we as Christians, we're not careful. That's how easy it is to get drawn away from God. Amen. The Bible even said in one place, their belly was their God. And that wasn't even part of my message. <laughs> I may not even get this done. Amen. But the Bible said that God spoke to Moses out of a flaming bush. And I, I can imagine how Moses felt, because if I had been walking around there with a bunch of sheep in the desert, and I looked over there and there was a bush over there on fire, now I might could have understood, amen, lightning striking in a bush kitchen on fire. But now I wouldn't have been able to understood that bush not burning up. Amen. And the Bible said that God spoke to Moses out of the midst of that bush. Amen. And my thought today is, amen, that God is still in the fire. Amen. God's spirit hadn't changed. God has worked through the fire from the beginning of time. Amen. His word still burns. Amen. Sin out of our life. Amen. The things that's not pleasing unto God. Amen. His word still. Amen. Will get a hold of our soul. Amen. And it'll start burning that if we allow it to. It'll burn all the sin. Amen. That's in our life out. Amen. And draw us closer to Him. And the Bible said that whenever He listened to God, God began to speak to Him. You know the story. How that God told Moses, he said, I want you to go and tell Pharaoh, amen, to turn my people loose. Let them go that they might worship me. And Moses said, God, they ain't going to listen to me. Amen. And we're living in a day today, and I'm not referring to this congregation, but we're living in a day today, amen, that the people of God, whenever the preacher starts preaching, amen, they don't want to listen to the man of God. And Moses knew. He then went through a time, amen, in Egypt whenever he tried to deliver, amen, one of his own people. Amen. Then he tried to get them broke up when they began to fight between them. Boy. Whew, I may need some water for this is over, brother. Amen. God forbid that we'd fight between ourselves. Amen. Amen. That's one of the things that the devil uses in this day probably more than anything in the churches of God. Amen. Is to get two people, amen, quarreling, judging, finding fault with one another. <laughs> amen. God's word to take care of all that. Amen. Just leave it alone. Let the preacher preach the unadulterated word of God and God's word will burn, amen, that out. Amen. But he said, God, they ain't going to listen to me. They ain't going to hear what I got to say. They didn't before. And the Bible said that God told him, he said, Moses, he said, what's that in your hand? Boy, wish they had me a stick. <laughs> Amen. 
And the Bible said that Moses said it's, it's a staff, it's a rod. He said, cast it down. And Moses said, okay, you know, he throws it down. And the Bible said that thing begins to wiggle. I mean, it began to move and it turned into a serpent. And the Bible said God told him, he said, now pick it up again. And when he reached and got it by the tail, amen, and picked it up, it turned back into a rod. Amen. Brother Fred, I'm talking about God still in the fire. Amen. That same God that spoke to Moses out of that burning bush, amen, is speaking to his people today. God still wants to work and to move, amen, through his mighty power. Amen. But we got to yield, amen, to God. We can't say, God, I can't. He said, now, if they pre-adventure, they don't listen to you when you go back and you talk to the children of Israel, amen, and they say, oh, no, I, you're a magician, you know, you, you done that. He said, if they still won't listen to you, he said, Moses, he said, put your hand in your bosom. And the Bible said he put his hand in his bosom. And when he drew it out, it was white as snow with leprosy. Amen. He said, put it in again, and he put it in again. Folks, I'm telling you about a real God that's still in the fire. Amen. If we can get in the fire with him. Amen. But our problem is, amen, we draw away from the power and the fire of God. And the Bible said when he took it out again, it was clean as the other one was. I'm not talking about hocus pocus and fairy tales. I'm talking about a real, true God. Amen. This really did happen. Amen. And he said, well, Lord, he said, what if I do these things and they still won't listen? He said, if they... Still won't listen. He said, you go down to the river. And he said, you take some water out of the river. And he said, you take it over and you pour it on dry ground. Now, what kind of idiot is this? Folks, we got to quit worrying about what the world thinks about us, how we are idiots. Amen. If we want the power of God, if we want to make it to heaven, amen, we got to quit worrying about the world, quit trying to mix in with the world and the things of the world, be so close to the world. Amen. And the Bible said he took that water and he took it up on dry land and he poured it out. And it become blood. Amen. So he takes and he tells all the the elders of Israel, and they said, oh yeah, the Lord has sent you. The Lord has sent you. We, we'll do bow down and worship the Lord. Amen. He said, now go to Pharaoh. A lot of time that's our test is going before Pharaoh. It's easy to go before the brethren. Amen. You know, most times they're expecting that. They may not expect, be expecting the real, true, miraculous power of God moving yet. But I'm telling you, I believe that God is drawing his church. Amen. I'm not talking about a Pentecostal organization or apostolic organization, but I'm talking about His church, His blood-bought church, the one that He left behind. Amen. He said, go into all the world and be witness to every creature. Amen. He's drawing His people. 
I hear, heard Sister Chris the other night testifying. You hear what she said? Amen. Amen. And believe me, amen, the devil will try to stop you when you start drawing closer to the Lord. Amen. You start fasting. Amen. You know what I do, Brother Livingston? <clears throat> you get up in the morning, you know, and you start fasting. And Amen. Right off the bat, you start getting hungry. And you know, you think, oh, this is going to be a bad day. But you know what I learned? Amen. It's when you wake up in the morning and you start to fast, and the devil says, man, you're going to be starving today. You better go ahead and eat today and wait till tomorrow. Oh, you've heard it too, huh? I ain't the only one heard that. I heard some folks laughing. They done heard the devil tell them that too. Amen. So I know I'm not the only one. Amen. But you know what I have learned to tell the devil? I said, well, devil, I'm supposed to be hungry. If I'm fasting, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to be crucifying this flesh and killing this flesh. Amen. And the next thing I know, I just forget that I'm even fasting. Amen. I'm here to tell you today. What's been going on in America as a whole is not going to work. Amen. It's going to take more fasting. And I understand some people can't like other people. I'm not telling you to fast three days, seven days, 14 days, or 21 I've even heard people make this statement when something come up about fasting 40 days, and, I, and I'm not telling you to. You've got to be led by the Spirit to go into a fast. Amen. But I, I read about an organization back in the early 1900s. They had prayer and fast conferences. Whew, I don't want to go to that. Too much fasting, too much praying. Amen. But this is documented. This ain't just a lie. These, some of these people actually fasted for 40 days. Now, Brother Hall, nobody can do what the Lord did. Who said? He said, what you see me do, you're doing greater. So that means if God leaves me, I can go more than 40 days. Now, I'm not trying to get somebody to go on a long fast. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Don't be convicted just about what I'm saying. Let God lead you if he leads you. Amen. But these people went on long fast, and they come into conferences, and they fasted, and they prayed. Amen. And some for 40 days. Amen. But at the end of those long fasts and conferences, amen, people was e even brought in in ambulances that were dying. And they hauled them there in ambulances that was dying. They were on their deathbed dying. Amen. And they rolled them in. They prayed the prayer of faith for them. They didn't pray. Amen. So many times. And it's good to pray. Please don't misunderstand. I don't want to make you feel like you're not doing good. A lot of times, brother <coughs> Josh, I pray. And I pray. And I pray. And I'm praying and I'm crucifying this flesh. But I'm not praying the prayer of faith. 
I mean, I'm telling you God's word is still true. The prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will still raise them up. Amen. And that's what God is wanting to do in this day that we're living. God's still wanting to fill men and women with the Holy Ghost. It's going to take the power of God, amen, to bring some people out of the bondage that they're in. You know, I got to this point in my life before. It's amazing how God will turn you around. You know, you're a big Christian, you're a preacher. You're supposed to be a big Christian. And, I, Brother Arnold, I got to the point to where some people, I said, they want to be where they're at. The reason they live, you know, out in the streets and they do this and they do that, they want to be like that. Amen. But God wants them delivered. Even though they strung out on drugs, God wants them delivered from drugs. Amen. And unless maybe I pray and I agonize and I'm willing to sacrifice, amen, for those souls, amen, that God will be able to deliver them out of the sin that they're in. Well, the Bible said that the man that lived in the tombs, perfect instance. Nobody. Nobody wanted to pass by there. Nobody wanted to, to try to help him. I mean, they had done chain him and he broke them asunder. He was in the tombs crying and moaning at night. People was hearing him up there like a, a, a coyote or something. Woo! You know, just screaming and hollering and hurting himself. And the Bible said nobody but Jesus. He's still in the fire. I mean, if we get the fire burning enough in us, it's easy, amen, to push it aside and say, oh, I'm living a good life. I'm doing what's right. I'm paying my tithe. I'm giving an offer. I'm coming to church. Amen. I even witness to people sometime. Amen. What about my fire? What about my heat level? Amen. How much fire, amen, is really burning down inside of my soul? Amen. See, honest confession is good for the soul. I get there. I can remember times, brother, on, during hunting season. Amen. And for whatever reason, uh, uh, a good reason, church. Amen. We'd be closed down for a night. And I had got so cold. And then my soul. You know what it said? Yeah, I can go hunting this evening. Oh, you ain't never done that, I know. I ain't talking about hunting. I'm talking about anything else. What is our desire more than anything in this world? Amen. When a person comes to God, his desire is supposed to be more toward the things of God, loving God, worshiping God, seeking his will, finding somebody that's lost and trying to help them get deliverance than anything else. But if we're not careful, amen. Oh, let me go on. I'll never get there. It's amazing how much you can say once you get up here. 
But the Bible said that Moses went to Pharaoh. Pharaoh wouldn't let him go. Amen. This may have to be one of them two parts. And Moses, he brought the plagues on Egypt. I'm not going to go through all that. That's another 15 minutes. Amen. But he brought plague after plague. And Pharaoh, he said, y'all let him go. And he said, no, I won't. Amen. To finally the, the firstborn son died and he let him go. Amen. But after he let them go and he turned them loose and they were out in the wilderness and he decided to go get them. Amen. This is where we get a lot of time. I get a lot of time. Just don't say we. Let me, let me use me. Now God has done showed me his power and he's done blessed my soul and he's he just... The Holy Ghost comes upon you. Enjoy the blessings of the Lord as you worship the Lord. Amen. And you hear the word of the Lord and you're inspired, amen, with faith that God can do anything. You've seen a few miracles that God's done in your lifetime. Amen. But the Bible said that they got to a place where Pharaoh came and he closed them in. They were mountains on each side. Amen. Pharaoh's army was behind. Amen. And a Great sea before them. <laughs> but the Bible said that God had put a cloud in front of the children of Israel to lead them in the daytime. And by night, the Bible said a pillow of fire that would guide them in the night. And they could see, man, you're talking about a nightlight. Them electric people over there, they replace mine. That little old bitty light just near about shines right there, most under it. But God had a light that was, amen, lighting up everything for them. Amen. But this is what I want the point I want to make. Amen. The Bible said that whenever God spoke to Moses, he said, Moses, he said, stretch forth your rod. He said, I'm going to send my people. He said, tell them to march straight ahead. You know, so many times, amen, when we're on our journey with the Lord and all of a sudden we're trying to do better and we get closer to the Lord and we're seeing God go to moving and all of a sudden there's a red sea in front of us. <laughs> you know, if God's been doing things, he'll split the red sea for you too. He didn't bring you to the red sea to turn around and leave you. He's still in the fire. Amen. And the Bible said that God told him, he said, stretch forth your rod. Amen. And the waters begin to part. Amen. And the land dried up and they begin to walk through. And the Bible said, <laughs> you're talking about power of God. The Bible said that cloud and that pillar of fire, it removed from before the children of Israel. That thing that was leading them and there, they were stopped. God splits the Red Sea. He says, starts walking. He said, he said, just walk on. He said, don't quit walking. I hadn't left you. I'm just going to move behind you. You got an enemy coming up behind you that you need me to take care of. So I'm just going to move around behind you. Amen. For a little while, you just keep walking and keep your eyes ahead. And the Bible said, amen, that that pillar of fire and that cloud moved around behind them and it blinded Pharaoh. It come up awful darkness over Pharaoh and his men. They couldn't see anything. I mean, they were confused where to go. And the Bible said the light just kept shining on Israel and they kept walking. Amen. But Brother Ralph Ward, the Bible said that God 
looked out of the pillar of fire. I'm telling you, God, today is still in the fire. He ain't going to change. He's not going to leave. The Bible said he looked out of that fire at Pharaoh and his men. And he told Moses, he said, Moses. <laughs> well, wait a minute. They're getting a little close. God went down there and knocked their chariot wheels off. And they began to drag. Just slow them. I'm telling you, the devil cannot whip you. Amen. If you'll stay in the fire, it's when we draw back away from God's power that the devil gets us down. He begins to confuse us. Amen. And make us to fall. He told Moses, he said, Moses, now you imagine this. They think they're going to follow God's people right on the end. The devil can't do nothing with you. If you've got God working in your life, the devil can't destroy you. He can't do nothing. Again. He can try, but God will bring you through it. The Bible said, he said, Moses, he said, stretch your rod back out. And the Bible said that the waters come in on Pharaoh and all of his army destroyed a whole army without even lifting a sword. But what we look at is how difficult, how impossible our situation is. Amen. Let me go on. Woo. Oh, it ain't 10 minutes to 10. We started early. They get up and they feel the anointing to pull their coat off and go to making jokes about I ain't been preaching very long. I understand that. And some people say, well, look, dinner's right down the road. We done heard enough already. Amen. Amen. I'm just going to try to go through some of this quick. <clears throat> In Isaiah 59 and 1, amen. Brother Covet, did I write that? I didn't write that. I got it wrote down right here, I believe. Am I right? That's not on there, is it? I got it. I got it. I got him to get some scriptures. Now, when God had got his people into the land of promise, that was flowing with milk and honey, the blessings of God, everything was good. Well, I hear that preached a lot. About how things is so good. Well, you still fight trials. Still fight battles and have temptations. Now, I'm not saying you're not going to have none of that. But I'm saying God will deliver you out of them all. Amen. But God's people, when they got in there and they got careless. And they drifted away from God. Amen. And Isaiah <coughs> had spoke to them this, about this. Amen. Isaiah 59, 1 says, Behold. The Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. Neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Amen. Now, that's the next thing we got to do. In the last months,
God has started drawing me to a different level. You ain't got to get there. I have. Amen. When you get to the place where you can't do without it no more, you'll do something different. Amen. I've seen, you know, the times that you read God's Word, you hear the preaching, you get inspired. Amen. And I'm not saying I was backslid. I wasn't doing sinful things and all that. <laughs> Amen. But how far can we get from God coming to church every service? Doing the things that's right. Amen. People that people look at you and they can't touch your life, can't put your fin their finger on you. But you're still not in that place that you know you need to be with him. Amen. And God told his people, amen. He said, he said, your sins and your iniquities, you know, there's more to sin than smoking cigarettes, chewing tobacco, smoking dope, drinking Jack Daniel, running with women, running with other men. On and on and on and on and on. There's a lot more to it than that sin. I mean, anything that God's Word teaches us, how that we're supposed to live, we're supposed to be full of fire. Full of fire don't mean, <laughs> I don't know if I can do this no more. Running the altar rails, but I'll never remember, and I don't want to bring up bad memories. <laughs> But I never can forget Brother Junior Morgan. <laughs> you know, I'd heard of them prayer meetings they had up there in them hills. Sister Reba, younger people talking about them praying in them houses and they was out playing. <clears throat> but Brother Junior Morgan, somewhere in this area back here, he sat on this end of this pew. Amen. And they'd call for a testimony service. And if he ever did come up out of that pew. Now I'm not saying you're supposed to do like Brother Junior Moore, but you're supposed to have the fire. Amen. But he'd come up out of that pew and he'd put his hand on his ear. And he'd bend over and he'd begin to testify. And you know what he said? He'd basically say, And he'd stomp these altars. And he'd holler and hit. And you couldn't understand a word he was saying. But he wasn't preaching. He was letting the fire move. Amen. And I'm telling you, that fire would catch a hope. Amen. And this place would come apart, amen, with the power of God moving just because somebody yielded to the fire, amen, and it began to burn. My. Feel the fire, brother. <laughs> I mean, I can preach it like some, but I feel the fire. Amen. And I'm still believing that God is going to move in a mighty way. Amen. Big choirs is good. Amen. Big singing groups is good. It's got its place. But it won't take the place of the real power and fire. 
Amen. So many times I see music start in the churches. Amen. And you see the people, they begin to. That ain't the fire, folks. Amen. That ain't the fire when they're swaying to the music and the beat. Amen. You can listen to a good country song. Amen. It will affect you emotionally. Amen. That ain't the fire. Amen. The fire, when it begins to burn, it burns all that that ain't supposed to be in you out. Amen. God's Spirit begin to convict your soul. Amen. Of things in your life. Amen. That shouldn't be there. Amen. It'll start convicting you of praying more, of seeking Him more, of studying His Word more, of witnessing more. Amen. Of doing the things of God more and the things of the world less. Amen. But God's people, they had got into the land. And they began to pick up the things of the world, of the pagans that were left in the land. They, in the first place, they didn't destroy everything that was seen in the land. It come back to home. Amen. But... They begin to pick up on sinful things. Their kings went bad. Amen. Instead of following God, amen, they followed the ways of the world. Does that sound familiar? Now, I'm not criticizing. I'm not talking politics. Amen. Donald Trump has done a lot better than the ones we've had lately. But Donald Trump ain't nowhere close to being a Christian, folks. Don't get your hopes in Brother Trump. <laughs> amen and amen. Keep your hope in the Lord. Because whether he wins the next election, or whether Joe Biden wins the next election, or who's the other? Bernie Sanders. Woo! How far has America, amen, come from a God-fearing nation, amen, to what it is today, amen, that homosexuals can run for a president? Do you realize where we're at? We're at the end of the world, and the devil, amen, is rocking us to sleep. He's saying, you okay, don't get upset. It's okay just to sit on the pew. You know it's all right. Just lift your hand and say, oh, yes, amen. Amen, but we need to get the fire of burning, amen, in our service, in our church, amen, in our families. Amen, amen, amen. But God got to a place. <clears throat> I'm going to get with you here in a minute. Just hold on, brother. And I'm going to quit before 12 o'clock. So you can go eat dinner. I got to be able to I got an hour. If it takes it. <laughs> amen. That's what I'm saying. And I've seen me the same place. Man, you just said another, but let's go eat. What happened to the long services that lasted to midnight? Because the Spirit of the Lord was moving in such a way nobody wanted to go home. 
I can remember revivals. Amen. Did I hate it when revival ended and we couldn't have church no more? Amen. We've got distance from the fire. Amen. We don't feel nothing but a little warm heat now. It's still in the fire burning. Amen. And I know some people, please don't misunderstand me. I know some people's not able physically to do what some people can. Amen. But the ones that can should be doing it. Well, I'm not emotional, Brother Hall. Nobody in here ain't got no lighter, do they? They don't smoke. Thank God. But I guarantee you, if I had a cigarette lighter and you come up here and you said, I'm not, a, I don't cut up like that. It's easy to make excuse why we don't. I guarantee you, you see this place on my arm right there? That was from fire. Fire will get your attention. Amen. I remember one day I was cutting something or doing something up high like this, and all of a sudden one of the guys at work, he went to grabbing my chest like it, and I, I looked. He said, man, you're on fire. Some Christians is like that. Amen. Don't even realize it's going on. But that, 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 that place right there, that ain't real big, ain't real bad. I mean, some may think that has. It hasn't been burnt very bad. I got these burnt marks all over where I'm cutting and welding and stuff. All the time. Amen. But you know what happened when that piece of hot slag hit that glove and burn a hole through it? You know, to start with, it was just fire going on. Everybody was around looking and everything was smooth and calm and cool. Amen. And that fire hit got on my glove and I didn't even feel it to start with, brother. And I'm still doing the same old thing I've been doing. And the fire is trying to get a hold of me, and I don't even realize it. Amen. But when that fire burnt through that glove, and it began to burn that skin and that meat, amen, I come alive. I'm telling you, you may say you're not emotional, but if you get under the influence of the Holy Ghost, you can shove it off if you want to and stay just like you are if you want to. God will let you. He'll let you stay just like you are. But I'm telling you, when the fire gets a hold of you, you'll begin to move. You'll begin to raise your hands, clap your hands to worship the Lord. But so many times, amen, we get into that place. Amen, they talk about the frog being thrown in the pan of water and you turn the heat on. And it's so slow and so gradual, he won't hop out. And finally, he just boils in the pot. Well, if we're not careful, nobody can't wake us up. Amen. We finally just get to that place. Huh. Well, you used to. That's all I got to say. I felt to say that. Well, you used to. What happened? What changed? God hadn't. He's still in the fire. Amen. But the Bible said that, amen, God called Israel out. I believe I might have this next scripture, brother. Yeah. 1 Kings 18, 21 through 25. Get that ready. Amen. But 
The Bible said that Elijah had called for a famine, a drought, and it didn't rain three and a half years. Amen. I don't want to make it long. God provided through the widow, through the... Amen. Power of God. He took a widow woman that had one cake left to feed her and her boy, and they was going to die. And because she got in the fire, she got hooked up with God's man. <laughs> Amen. He come and moved in her house somewhere, and he eat the rest of the famine with her. Amen. And she eat and her son. I'm telling you, God still wants to do these things. He still wants, not, not necessarily maybe like that. Listen, they come a famine. If there come a famine in the I've had people tell me about all the food in my house that I've worked for. But Josh, I got out there and I hoed that garden. I picked them beans and them peas and them. Me and my wife, Brother Boone, sat over the hot stove and canned and put up and put in freezers to have something to eat. And somebody said, what you going to do if it gets real bad and people come to your house wanting that food? I said, I'm going to give it to them. I'm not going to get my gun out and go to shooting people. That's what the world said. I wouldn't. I'd get my gun. I'd blow them away. That's a good way to check your thermostat. Is when you get to thinking about shooting people. And I know there's a time. I understand that. It's all through the Bible. I'm not a nut. I know there's a time when you defend your family. But it's not talking about your food and your weed eater and Amen. I went to a, a, a gun class where you you know for your registration to where you could carry. I went to it and still ain't got it. It's still in the safe at the high little old place you keep stuff. <clears throat> Amen. But the instructor asked this question. He said, if they somebody come out in your yard at your shed, and you've seen them out there in your shed, getting your weed eater, he said, what would you do? Would you use your gun? Or he may have even said weapon. Brother Merle probably knows all them phrases, what you're supposed to say, I don't. But anyhow, he said, yeah. He said, I'd shoot him. And the instructor, this is a man in the world. He said, you mean to tell me that you'd shoot a man over a weed eater? He said, yeah. I mean, but that's where the world is. That's carnality. When we get to thinking in those terms, I told him, I said, no. I said, I'll give them food as long as I got food. Amen. I mean, you know, I'm not depending on my deep freezer, Sister Reba, to feed me. I've told them at challenge, it get real bad and get down to 25 hours a week. Why in the world you make it, Brother Hall? On 25 hours? Brother Livingston, how'd you make it? He kicks in when you can't, don't he? I'm telling you, if we serve the Lord with all of our heart and seek Him with all of our heart, God will provide for us. Amen. And the Bible said this. Let me go on. I'm going to try to... Try to hurry. 
been sent the whole time. Lord, forgive me for lying. It's easy for preachers to lie. They have good intentions. They just don't focus in the Lord and His Spirit dealing with you. Amen. But he said, look, he said, I want all Israel to come out. We're going to have a showdown. Put up or shut up. And I believe that's where God is with his church today. He wants his church to put up, not shut up. Amen. Brother, you got that scripture? Amen. Read for me. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered not a word. Then said Elijah to the people, I even, I only remain a prophet of the oh, Lord. Hold right there. He said, I am the only one left. You know, we get the baby in ourselves when it seems like we're doing it by ourselves. I've told people this before. Here we go again. When you do something for the Lord, I'm just going to uh, instance, and, and I've done this one time. I'm not saying this for no glory. But one time years ago when I was a young man, <clears throat> I was back before you had riding lawnmowers. <laughs> I lived then when I was young. Now I've got to ride a lawnmower. <laughs> I figure out why. They old folks get them. <laughs> Amen. But... Brother Boone, the churchyard. We didn't have nobody mowing the churchyard then. It wasn't getting mowed. Grass was getting tall. And I felt it. Sister I felt it. The burden to mow the churchyard. So what I done is I loaded my riding lawn. Uh, push mower up, excuse me. I loaded that push mower up, brother, and it was about a 22-inch cut. Them small, what I could afford. Well, look like God would have supplied you with a big skag with a wide cut if you was willing to do it. God don't work that way. He wants to see how bad you want to do something for Him sometime. Amen. And then He gives you the skag later. But I'd come every evening when I got off work. And I worked hard back then, believe it or not. And I'd get me a section of this churchyard and I mowed out. Probably about where that drum is out there. I didn't go as far as they do in them. About where that drum is to the other side over there and the graveyard with a push mower. And I'm not asking for no glory. I'm not saying this for that reason. You think no better of me. But I would come evening after evening, Sister Reba, until I had enough time that I got it mowed that week. Amen. But if we're not careful, this is where we get. Amen. We feel that it needs to be done, and it's got to be done. So it looks bad on me if I don't do it. And I start doing things because it looks bad on me if I don't do it. Instead of doing it as unto the Lord. Amen. amen. When I do something from the, for the Lord, whatever I do, amen, if it's cleaning out the toilet, amen, if I feel like the commode needs fixing, I shouldn't be in there, brother, 
pumping out the commode or taking the commode up, changing the wax ring, grumbling about looks like somebody else will help do something. And you'll find yourself, when you begin to do things that concerns the Lord and His work, without murmuring or complaining. The Bible says not to do murmuring and complaining. Don't gripe about it. Just, Lord, I'm so glad I'm getting to pump this commode out for you. Come on, Brother Hall. The Lord looks down on a man pumping out a commode, unstopping a commode, maybe getting a little on him, a whole lot better than to somebody that raises enough money to build a new church, that gripes and grumbles the whole time. If it wasn't for me, if it wasn't for me, I mean, if we get in the fire, amen, we'll be glad to do the things of God. Oh, here we are. I wasn't going here, but under the anointing, I feel this. I've heard a lot of talking in the last few years about we need a porch for people to get out and in, our older people, where they can get in and out and not get in the rain and get wet. Have you said that? Don't raise your hand now. <laughs> Don't raise your hand. But have you said that? Have you made that statement before? Well, was God putting a burden on you? And you said, looks like somebody would get a porch built. You know what I do when I feel the burden to do something? I get to work. I remember Sister Cricket. She ain't here today, is she? Sister Cricket ain't here today. I remember Sister Cricket was kind of working with the youth back years ago. <clears throat> there was no way Sister Cricket, within her means and all, could put asphalt on that whole parking lot out there. Look out them windows. Anybody walked in any mud lately? Has anybody... Got tar on their shoes where the tar was bumming up through them old rocks that was out there. They come in and got on the church lately. You know why? Amen. Because she felt a burden. That we need asphalt on that parking lot. And Brother Ralph, she began to work. I remember. She began to, like these selling these little old cakes and stuff out there. No, it may not do the parking lot. But what it does do is provoke good works. Amen. And when they, the people seen that she was determined to try to work toward that project, she didn't get up in church and say, hey, looks like somebody would help us. She'd just do her little things to try to raise a little money the best she could. And before long, other people began to get the burden. Amen. And they began to work. And amen. Now look at the parking lot. Amen. Because of that. Go ahead, brother. I got to quit. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. He said, I, I'm alone, but Baal's prophets are, I believe it was 450, didn't it say? Yes. 450. Go ahead. Is that through that scripture? No. Go ahead. Read, read the rest of them down where I told you. Let them therefore give us two bullocks and let them choose one bullock for themselves and cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood and put no fire under, 
and I will dress the other bullock and lay it on the wood and put no fire under. And call ye upon the name of your God, and I will call upon the name of the Lord. And the God that answers by Moran. fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, It is well spoken. And Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, Choose you one bullock for yourselves, and dress it first, for ye are many. Call upon the name of your God, but put no fire on it. He said, but, he said, I want you to have first shot at this, boys. He said, you build your altar, you put your wood on it, you put your bullock on it. He said, but we're going to do something different today. You're not putting no fire under it. Amen. We're living in a day that God's people needs to get a little bit more boldness about the things the devil, amen, is trying to push over on the church. He said, y'all going to have first chance at this thing? I'm going to give you first chance. He said, but don't put no fire under it. I'm going to be looking. I'm going to watch. And if you do, I'm going to tell on you. <laughs> Amen. And the Bible said that they begin to do the uh, sacrifice and they begin to chant and they begin to do all their little thing they was doing. But there wasn't no fire. The world will take the fire out of you. I don't like to make people hate me, but I have to obey God. If you don't have any fire in your life, there's a reason. I'm sorry. That goes for me. If I ain't got no fire, it's me. I've somehow let the world Something, disobedience to God, lack of prayer, and worshiping the Lord to take the fire out. Amen. And the Bible said they they done their little deal and they begin to cut their cell with lances. I guess they had made themselves really believe that there was a God and He would answer them. And the Bible said Elijah began to make fun of them. Cry a little louder. He may be on a trip. Maybe he's asleep. Got to wake him up. You know, nowadays preachers get to talking about sin and things like that. Brother Hall, you shouldn't be talking to people like that. Something's got to wake us up. I have heard, and it's wonderful and it's real and it's right to have encouraging messages to God's people. But all of them ain't that. Read the Bible. There was a whole lot more with talking about sins and reproofs and getting people living right than they were about the blessings of God. Nowadays, all you hear about is the blessings of God, the good life that we live, and on and on and on and on. People, I read a deal in a book. It was a pretty good little saying. And he, he, this man was talking about, he said that 90%, now this is a man that's a phenomenal preacher, said 90% of the people that comes to God in their services, the preachers preach to, they come to the altar and they, make, they said a confession. 
That's accepting the Lord as their personal Savior. I understand at that point why they have such a bad retention rate. But what he said was this. He said the reason why there's so many people, he said backsliding. I didn't even think that denomination believed in backsliding. I really still believe you're going to be saved even if you quit church. But he said 90, 80% or 90%, I can't remember, I think it was 80% of the people that came to the altar, accepted the Lord as they did, backslid. He said the reason why is there's not enough preaching about hell, the law of God, the consequences of sin, amen, that people's going to be lost to a devil's hell because of their sins. They just made the belief, oh, if you come to the Lord and, and accept Him, your life's going to be better. You're going to be blessed. God's going to bless you. He's going to give you. He's going to do this for you, and it's just going to get good and good and good. And he said, when they come to church and they last a month or two and then everything starts getting bad and they realize that that wasn't necessarily true. That they turn away from God and the church sometimes become bitter to never come back to church. Because they feel like they lied to. And he gave this instance. He said two men were sitting on a plane on a flight across the aisle from one another he said the waitress come through during the flight with a parachute and he gives it to this man and he said look take this and put it on said this is going to make your flight a whole lot better so he puts it on oh, it's going to make my flight better so he puts it on, straps it on, buckles it up, and he, here he sits, and he's sitting here with his back in the chair with the parachute where he couldn't lean back. It wasn't comfortable. And then people begin to look at him with the parachute on, and they begin to kind of sneer and make fun. He knew what they was doing. And he got embarrassed because of the reproach that he was bearing, and finally he slid it off and laid it to the side. He said, but another stewardess had come through and he gave it, she gave it to another man and said, put this on. The plane is just before going down and you're going to need this. And said, he grabs it and he puts it on and he holds it tight. And he said, when people begin to look at him and begin to laugh and snarl and talk, he said, he didn't worry about what they said, what they thought, how they felt, because he realized, amen, it was for his good and his salvation and not just to make life comfortable. Amen. So if we're not careful, we get, the, oh, I'm supposed to be blessed. And when things get bad, we want to turn away from God. This thing is about heaven, not about the blessing. The blessings just come with it. Amen. <clears throat> Read that other scripture, brother. I ain't going to be able to get through this. Ain't no way. One more scripture, Mr. I'm going to let you say. And it came to pass when midday was past, and they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, that there was neither voice nor any answer nor any that regarded. Well, no fire. 
in the way the world done it. Go and ahead, brother. And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord. The Bible said down. he repaired the altar. He didn't try to do it like the world was doing it. And folks, if we try to keep doing it like... The church has tried to blend in with the way that the world, amen, is having church to the point, amen, they losing, amen, the power of God. Oh, they still have the jig. They have way better music. Amen, they got fancy preachers that can preach so good, you can just listen to them and listen to them. But there's no fire. There's no power. Amen, when you go through trials and temptations and problems, amen, you don't have the power of God to help you through it. Go ahead, brother. And Elijah took 12 stones, according to the, the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar, as great as it would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood under and cut the bullock in pieces and laid it upon the wood and said, fill four barrels of water. Hold it just now, I gotta say something. Can't stand it no longer. That crazy preacher. You ever heard people talking about homeless churches? had a guy, I was with him yesterday, and he was talking about at work where they was at. <clears throat> and he said they was talking about <clears throat> homeless churches and snake handlers and all that stuff. And he going on and on. And he kind of, he said, you know what I mean, don't you? He said, yeah, I know what you mean. He said, I'm one of them. He said, you what? He said, not, not, not the snake handler, but he said, I am the rest of it. Man, y'all crazy. You know, it's crazy, Brother Covet, to jump up and down and worship the Lord and praise God and Lord, hallelujah, run the aisles and do all that stuff and grab a brother with a hand, shout a little bit and slap him on the back. And crazy bunch. But it's okay in a ball game. Amen. When somebody makes a touchdown, they start beating somebody on the back, messing up their hand, grabbing their. Oh, that's something great. Amen. Go ahead, brother. Let me get through. Go ahead. Read the rest of that. And poured on the burnt sacrifice. He said, and put on them the wood. Barrels of water poured on there. Come on, Brother Hall. Now, you're getting radical now. You're asking for more than what you ought to. Just ask God for the fire. No, that wasn't good enough. He was going to make sure the people of God knew this was God. He said, bring me some barrels of water. And he poured it all over the sacrifice and wet the wood. And what did he say? And he said, do it a second time. Do it again. And they did it a second time. Hold it. And he said, do it a third time. Hold it. And they did it a third. Well, I felt it running. I've done it one time. 
I'm wore out too. He said, do it again. And the Bible said that they poured another barrel. Amen. Begin to drench it some more. And the Bible said that, amen. Oh, I feel a little bit better. Well, I could just stop right now. again. Man, he takes off again. Amen. I'm telling you, if you're quick, keep on pushing. Amen. In the service, when you feel something God, if you'll keep pushing, if you'll keep pushing, if you'll keep loving God, what'll he say? And the water ran about the altar and filled the trench also with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, God. and I am thy servant, and I'm your servant, and that I have done these things according to thy word. And I've done it because you said do it, not because I wanted no glory. Hear me, O Lord. Hear, Hear me. me. And that this people may know that thou art God and that thou hast turned their heart again. Then the fire of the Lord fell. And, I was said, God and consumed was in the, the fire. burnt sacrifice and in the wood. God come and down the stone. In fire. And then he set that place And it licked up the dust. And it licked up the water that was in the tree. It won't only take the sacrifice. Amen. It'll burn the wood. Burn the stones in your life. Amen. It's got you held back. And then the Bible said it licked up the water and everything else. That's what the real fire of God will do. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, He is God. He is the Lord. He is God. And Elijah said unto them, Take the prophets of Baal, let not one of them escape. And take them, and Elijah brought them down to the book Tyshon and slew them that there. sin. Kill that thing that's been hindering you. Kill that thing that's been separating you from God. Don't let it live. Don't let it raise its head back up. Amen. I'm telling you this morning, God is in the fire. Amen. But it's up to you. Amen. It's up to you. The Bible said that John come preaching before Jesus Christ. And they he done all this wonderful work for the Lord. And they asked him, they said, Are you the Christ? They said, Are you the Christ? Or should we look for another? We've been looking for a Savior. Are you him? Or should we look for another? He said, I am not the Christ. And I'm telling you this morning, I am not the Christ. But I know him. He said, I ain't the Christ. He said, but he's coming. Whose shoes I'm not worthy to step down and lose. He said, he'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. <laughs> the Bible said you're just going to have fire in your home. Amen. You're going to have more. Amen. Than just accepting the Lord and being saved. Amen. There's going to be an inward burning within your soul. Jesus told his disciples when he died and he was 
resurrected and before he went away. He said, go back in the city of Jerusalem. He said, and tear there till you've been doomed with power. He said, there's power coming. It's not just an experience that you're going to have your sins forgiven, but you're going to have receive power. And the Bible said they went back. Brother Covet, they prayed all night long. All night long. Nothing happened. I kept worshiping him the next day and praying. I forget now the amount of days it was from then to Pentecost. I can't remember. But several days had passed. And the Bible said they stayed together continuing prayer and supplication, waiting on the promise. But the Bible said when the day of Pentecost was fully come, said all it sudden there was a moving. I'm telling you, this Holy Ghost has got moving. It ain't about just sitting still. Amen. It'll move you inside. Said there was a sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind. It filled all the place where they were sitting, and there appeared to them fire. He said, cloven tongues as a fire. And it set upon each of them. Amen. They begin to worship God and speak in tongues. Amen. And people begin to gather up. Man, they was looking and said, what's going on? Somebody said, these men are drunk. He said, not as you suppose. He said, but this is that. It was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last days. I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. He preached conviction in their heart that day. And they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? He said, repent. He said, get out of the sinning business. Ask God for forgiveness. He said, be baptized. And the preachers now is telling people they ain't got to be baptized. He said it was for remission. I'm telling you, if you know about the baptism of Jesus Christ alone, you should thank the Lord every day. He said, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Today, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, if you don't have that fire burning in your life, you can have that experience. Amen. Would anybody like today to come? Not shake my hand. Not profess to me that you believe Jesus Christ died for your sin, but to tell the Lord, Lord, I believe that you did die for my sins. I was without hope and on my way to hell. But because of what you did, you died, you rose again, and you sent your spirit back. And you give us this plan of salvation. And ask the Lord, say, Lord, forgive me and fill me with the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you, if you'll believe Him, amen, that what He done paid for your sins, that it paid for your redemption from sin, that you don't have to no longer be a sinner and be lost. 
and believe that He'll give you the Holy Ghost. The Bible said He'll fill you, amen, with the power and the fire of the Holy Ghost. Amen, and you can live, amen, over sin for the Lord. If you'd like to come. not going to ask the saints to come around unless they want to if they feel it. But I'm not going to ask the saints. Y'all just come around and that'll make it easier for the sinner. I'm telling you if a person's not stirred in their heart, if they're not convicted of their need for God. But you can have it today. It's promised to you.